The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blastoff. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 78 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two half-hour comedy episodes of the Abbott and Costello Show. We'll begin after this short break. and Lou Costello started in vaudeville, and by the fall of 1942, they had their own weekly radio program which topped the popularity polls of Radio Daily and Radio Guide. At first, radio listeners had trouble telling them apart, so they quickly adapted by Bud lowering his voice a tad and Lou raising his. This was something they continued to do throughout their careers. Their celebrated Who's On First baseball routine helped make them a national sensation. The Abbott and Costello show ran for seven years until the summer of 1949 when the boys ventured into the television business. Produced by Costello's wife, Patricia, their television series lasted two seasons and gave Bud and Lou an opportunity to reprise their best comedic sketches and scenarios from their radio scripts. The next time you watch one of their television programs or one of their big screen movies, remember that the flat sarcasm of Bud Abbott and shrieks from Lou Costello originated on radio, the perfect medium for verbal stand-up that is often imitated today. Time now for the first of two comedy episodes of the Abbott and Costello Show. In this first one, Bud, Lou, and guest Elsa Maxwell present a drama about Cleopatra in ancient Egypt. Here's the Abbott and Costello Show from May 30th, 1946. Costello program starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello with tonight's guest star Elsa Maxwell brought to you by Camel, the cigarette of costlier, properly aged tobaccos. The Abbott and Costello program with the music of Alan Roth and his orchestra, our singing star Amy Arnell, and spotlighting that chunky, chubby little cherub who went caught putting a toothbrush in his Uncle Artie Stebbins' lunch pail because he heard him say he was going to work on George Washington's bridge, calmly said... I'm a Come on, come on. 
Here we are on our second week in New York, and you show up late for the broadcast. Uh, look, where, where have you been? Huh? Where have you been? Oh, uh, I've been over to Patterson, Abbott. Took me eight hours to get here on a Greyhound. Now, that's ridiculous. Eight hours uh, on now, a Now, now, don't give me any of that. How could it take eight hours to come from Patterson here on a Greyhound? Well, my Greyhound got interested in another Greyhound. I, uh... <laughs> uh Stella, do, do you realize that we're... Lou, are you paying any attention to me? Ah, yeah, as little as a kennel, Well, that's... Listen, please... Do you realize we're invited to a big party at Elsa Maxwell's house tonight? Yeah. Why aren't you wearing your tuxedo? It's ruined. I was wearing my tuxedo last night and the dog bit me. Where did you bite you? Well, if I was wearing license plates, you would have got the last three numbers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got the part that says NJ. Now, all right, look, will you please talk sense? Are you taking your girl, uh, Lena, against the, uh, no, to no, the body? No, 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 We ain't speaking. Well, now, what's the matter with you and Lena again? Well, yesterday she bought some brand new shower curtains and she asked me to hang them up on and hang them up. And by mistake, I hung him over the front door. Well, that's not so terrible. Oh, no. Last night when she went to take a shower, she slipped off her bathrobe, pushed aside the curtains, and stepped out on the front porch. I... <laughs> Tell me, Costello, were you born... What if it was? Wait a minute, I want to ask what you... What if it me? I know that. Listen, I want to ask you one little simple question. Were you born... Were you born dopey? I can say not. I'm a self-made dope. Uh, that's what I... I believe it. H2. Hey, now, wait a minute while I think of it, Lou. I'll bet you didn't even get any flowers for Elsa Maxwell. Yes, I did. I bought a great big orchid for her hair. Uh, an orchid? An orchid for her hair. You dummy. Orchids are $30 a piece. You could have bought a pair of pants for that. Now, wouldn't she look awful silly wearing a pair of pants in her hair? No. Will you please stop? Well, it's a cold night. She could always put her ears in the pocket. Yeah, never, never mind the orchid. Why, why didn't you get her a, a corsage? A what? A corsage. I don't know her sign. I, no, no, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, you dummy, I... I'm... I'm... You don't seem to understand, though. I, I mean some flowers to wear on her dress, you know. Oh, yeah. I bought her a bucket of chameleons. Uh, a, a bucket? A bucket of chameleons? You mean a bouquet, not a bucket. B-O-U-Q, bucket. Bucket. All right. Uh, all right, so... What is it? Bucket or bouquet? Bouquet. I but then, if, you, if it'll make you happy, make it a bucket. Go all ahead. right, I bought her a bucket of chameleons, and do they smell yeah. beautiful? You... <laughs> Why, you idiot. Chameleons have no odor. Well, these do. The bucket I brought him over in had fish in it. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> Costello. Oh, these kids from Patterson are Cost clever. Costello. <laughs> I, I hope you don't make a fool of me at Elsa Maxwell's party tonight. You know, there's, there's going to be dancing, you know. Oh, dancing. Well, I love dancing, Abbott. I used to be a lifeguard at the Rosalind Dance Hall. Uh, a lifeguard in the dance hall? Yeah, I kept the wolves from getting too close to the wave. Uh, look. <laughs> what, what kind of dancing do you do? Oh, me, I do the shimmy. The shimmy. The shimmy is a back number. Oh, I can start mine from any place. Now, uh, <laughs> on talk sets, Costello, do you, do you conga? Huh? Conga. Were you ever in a conga line? <laughs> I tried to get in a conga line once, but I must have gotten the wrong line. Now, what do you mean by that? I never got to dance. But I came back with an armload of paper towels. I love Costello. <laughs> Costello, I can tell that you know absolutely nothing about modern dancing. Who don't? You don't. I come from a family of dancers. My Aunt Minnie, 
She was a famous balloon dancer on a stage. Do tell. One night a mouse ran across the stage and then Minnie screamed and dropped her balloon. Yeah, what happened? The mouse fainted. The mouse... Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to take any, any chances. Now, before we go to Elsa Maxwell's party tonight, I'm going to see if you really know how to dance. In other words, I'll give you a lesson. Oh, you don't have to give me any lessons. I took lessons from Arthur Murray. There's only one thing wrong. He taught me the woman's steps. Well, what's wrong with that? I'm the only wallflower in the history of dancing that uses the men's smoking room. Yeah, look, look, never mind that. Look, I'm going to teach you how to dance right now, right here. Right now, here? Let's, yeah, right here. Now, let's say that I'm a beautiful society girl. Now, this is my, uh, my first party, incidentally. I'm, I'm coming out tonight. Mm-hmm. You're the kind that ought to be pushed back in. Uh, now, look, <laughs> cut that out. I'm a beautiful girl. What's your name? Uh, what's the difference? Let's say my name is, uh, 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 Laura Doom. Your name is what? Let's say Laura Doom. Oh, I know your sister. Nothing Doom. All right, never mind. <laughs> Will you please pay attention? Delivery. Wait a minute, listen to me, please. Now, here, here I stand... I, here I stand, all ready to dance. Now, I'm dressed in a, a, a strapless evening gown, and you ask me to dance. No, I can't dance with a girl with a bare back. Why not? Why? It always makes me feel like I'm patting a bald man in the head. Never mind that. Now, let's dance. Now, now, here we go. Come on, now. Now, slide, glide, slide, glide, my Costello. That's wonderful. I like the way you dip. Who's dipping? My pants are falling uh, out. Oh, isn't this lovely? We're dancing past the orchestra. <laughs> Well, what's the matter? I danced too close to the trombone player. <laughs> I did! Ophthalmologists, cardiologists, gastroenterologists, otolaryngologists. Uh, no, folks, I'm not practicing tongue twisters. Just listing different kinds of doctors covered in the great cigarette survey recently made by three leading independent research organizations. Yes, they covered doctors in every branch of medicine. 113,597 doctors. From Mexico to Canada, from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Doctors in every state of the Union were asked, What cigarette do you smoke, doctor? And the brand most named was Camels. Rich, full-flavored Camels, the cigarette of costlier tobaccos. Superbly blended camels. The cigarette with the cool, throat-welcome mildness. Sure, doctors, like all you folks, smoke for pleasure. Camels' flavor and mildness register with their tastes and throats, just as with yours. Now, this impartial, factual evidence shows that... According to a recent nationwide survey, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Alan Roth and the Camel Orchestra feature the popular rhythm favorite, Dr. Lawyer, Indian Chief.
Come in, come in, come in. Why, it's Mrs. Niles. What are you doing in New York? Oh, I just flew in from Hollywood. Flew in, hey? How did you come in on your broom? Uh, hey. Costello, I'll have you know that when I arrived this morning, they rolled out the carpet. Oh, I wish you had been there. What for? Then they could have rolled out the barrel. <laughs> All right, you laid it. You don't have to scramble it. I have no time to argue with you, Costello. Oh, I'm dead tired from my plane trip. I'm bushed. Bushed? You look more like something that's been treed. I'll have you know that I just came from the beauty parlor. What's the Why? This beauty treatment Costello, this beauty treatment cost me $200. And already I've been taken for Lana Turner and Rita Hayworth. You've also been taken for $200. Costello, will you behave yourself? Leave Mrs. Niles alone. Yes, you little pipsqueak. Uh, another remark like that and I'll kick you out of this studio kit and caboodle. Mrs. Niles, you may kick my kit. But don't you dare lift your foot to my caboodle. Quiet, Costello. And uh, Mrs. Niles, will you go with Costello to uh, Elsa Maxwell's party tonight, Why, please? I wouldn't be seen with this uncouth, fat little assassin. <laughs> I wish you hadn't said that, Mrs. Niles. We could be very dear friends if you would have faith in me. Have faith in you? Everybody has faith in me. Even my dog has faith in me. Oh, dog faith Costello, eh? Please, Mrs. Niles, won't you go with Costello? Oh, Come on. very well. I'll go with Costello on one condition. I insist that he drive me to the party. All right, I'll drive you to the party, but you have to bring your own harness. <laughs> I've never been so insulted in my life. Well, Costello, at least I tried to get you a woman to take to the party, didn't I? Try to get me a what? A woman. You want a bet? I well, I Come in. Ah, good evening, gentlemen. Costello. Costello, it's uh, Professor Mellonhead. Well, what are you doing here? I'll tell you what I'm doing here, Abbott. I just read in this newspaper here that Costello was going to Elsa Maxwell's house party. It's an outrage. I will not tolerate it. After all, I have jurisdiction over this. I happen to be Miss Maxwell's right-hand man. Ha, I'm her major domo. You look like her shiny domo. <laughs> there you go, Costello, making remarks about my bald head again. I'm proud of my bald head. My head looks like a baby's. Yep, 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 yep. Like a baby cereal bowl with shredded wheat around the egg. Well, <laughs> why do you object to Costello going to Elsa Maxwell's party? Why, you? if Costello were to appear at Miss Maxwell's party, it'd be a catastrophe. It would a be... A cat for the screen? No, 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 no. A catastrophe. Cata I'll explain a catastrophe. Costello, suppose your cat had kittens in your hat. What would that be? A miracle. My cat's name is Jake. Hey, uh... <laughs> Don't worry about Costello at the party. Please, I I'll take care of him. All right, Abbott. I warn you, Costello, don't partake of any edibles or viands until the butler announces dinner. Well, who? The butler, the butt. Look, I'll explain the butler. At your house, how do you know when it's time to eat? When my mother takes the iron bars off the dining room door. <laughs> I hope your wife, Melody, ain't gonna do the cooking tonight at Elsa Maxwell's. No. She makes the world's worst pancakes. Now, never mind Beep, about... Wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want you to make any more remarks about my wife's pancakes. What? In fact, Costello, the next time you mention the word pancakes, I'm going to take this newspaper and hit you over the head with it. You mean every time I mention the word pancakes? Hey. Oh, you... <laughs> cut it out, cut it out. 
I mean, after all, I, I, I certainly don't like, like your wife's, uh... What? That, that stuff, anyway. <laughs> you don't like what stuff? I don't like that... that the word you want me to say if I say... What you, word? You're what gonna word? hit me on the head if I say it. What word? Pancakes? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that hurts, that hurts, Melon. That, that hurts, That huh? hurts when you hit me on the head. Well, I only hit you on the head because you said something you're not supposed to say. Well, I won't say that word no more. What word? That pep, 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 pep. <laughs> Uh, patty cake? <laughs> you thought I was going to say pancakes. Melon head on fire. That hurts a whole lot. That was for you. Don't ever say it again. I won't say the word no In more. In fact, you should never eat them again. Eat pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, melon head. What? Down the end of the page. All right. <laughs> melon head. What? I'm not going to say any more about your, your wife's cooking. Uh, that, that stuff she makes. Why? You know Why? Why? I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> why? Because there was a war once. A war? What do you know about the war? Plenty about the war, and it's got something to do with what you were talking about when you were hitting me on the head. Is that so? Yes. This war, I was going over. I had to go. And then I was going to fight for our country over there. Of course. And I was right where the bullets were the thickest. Where the bullets were the thickest? Where was that? Underneath the ammunition truck. <laughs> now, be serious. And finally, I come up out of there, and there was a bullet. Coming right at me. A bullet coming at you. And it hit me. A bullet hit you? Right in the heart. Right in the heart. And before I left home, my father gave me a good book. Yes. And he told me to put it by my heart. The good book. And you know what saved me from being killed? The good book, of course. Oh, no. One of your wife's pancakes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing instrument. Intricate, sensitive, a miracle of chemistry, physics, and all the assorted sciences. And you own it. It's your own T-Zone. That's T for taste and T for throat. And it's also the greatest cigarette testing machine in the world. The most critical laboratory for any cigarette. So just try Camels on your T-Zone. See how your taste responds to the rich, full flavor of Camels' superbly blended and costlier tobaccos. See how your throat reacts to Camels' cool mildness. Perhaps, as with millions of other smokers, your T-Zone, too, will report that Camels suit you to a T. Oh, and another thing. Did you know that when three leading independent research organizations put the question, what cigarette do you smoke, to 113,597 doctors all over America, the brand most named was Camels? Yes, that's so. According to a recent nationwide survey, more doctors smoke Camels than any other cigarette. <laughs> And here's Camel's lovely Amy Arnell, the girl with personality. When Madame Pompadour was on the ballroom floor, said all the gentlemen, obviously. The Madame has the cutest personality. And think of all the books about DuBerry's looks. It was it made her the toast of Perry. She had a well-developed personality. What did Romeo see in Juliet? Oh, Pierrot in Pirat. Oh, Jupiter in Juno. You know. And when Salome danced and had the boys in trance, no doubt it must have been easy to see that she knew how to use her personality. 
What did Harry J see in Betty G or Garson G in Gable C or Bing and Bob in Dot Lamore to you? I've got the grable grace, I've got a grable face, except I've had it much longer than she. Gee, if I only had her personality. Boy, gee, this is somebody, Costello. What a crowd, eh? Hello, boys. Costello, it's Elsa Maxwell. <laughs> Costello, do you realize that this is the one and only Elsa Maxwell? Yes, here I am, in the flesh. Whose is it? You better I... give it back. You're stretching it all out of shape. <laughs> Don't you talk to me that way, you baby bunion. Baby bunion? Yes, you're a little corny. Uh... <laughs> don't, don't mind him, Elsa. Is there anything we can do to help uh, entertain your guest tonight? Yes, I'd like to have you boys put on a play. I have a wonderful vehicle for you, Mr. Abbott. Mr. Abbott? And what about a vehicle for me? A vehicle for you, Castello? How about a garbage truck? Hey, you know, Abbott, this dame's got better jokes than I got. Uh, Elsa, have you something in mind for us? I, I know you have produced some big Broadway shows. And... Oh, yes, but I've been on the stage, you know. I've also appeared in a few Western pictures. In fact, I, I played a regular Western girl. I shot from the hip. From away up there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> shut up, shut up, and listen to Elsa. Oh, that's all right, bud. I think Costello's only pulling my leg. Pulling it? I couldn't even lift it. <laughs> Hello, boys. You know, I've written a little sketch that we can do tonight. It's called Anthony and Cleopatra. It's a lovely play, Costello. You will be Anthony, and I will be Cleopatra. The siren of the Nile. You sound more like a foghorn on the Hudson. <laughs> you don't understand, Costello. Elsa will be Cleopatra, the most enchanting lady on the Nile. Yes, Costello. In this play, I am a sorceress. Sorceress? You're a whole set of dishes. <laughs> what a lovely play, Costello. I fall madly in love with you. I get you in my clutches. Yes. But you break away. Yes. Again, I get you in my clutches. Yes. And again, you break away. Looks like my brakes are okay, but my clutch is slipping. <laughs> Cut it out, Costello. Let's get on with the play. Melonhead, will you set the scene? Okay, Abbott. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you a drama of Anthony and Cleopatra, starring Elsa Maxwell, Bud Abbott, and Lou Costello, entitled How the Terrible Snake Killed Cleopatra or... Costello makes an asp of himself. <laughs> As the scene opens, Julius Caesar and Mark Antony are walking along the banks of the Nile. Julius Caesar speaks. Ah, oh, Anthony, isn't this a wonderful country? Yes, Julius. There is no country in the world as beautiful as egg wiped. Egg wiped? Wait a minute, Costello. Where do you see egg wiped on the script? Right here in the script. What do egg you mean? Egg wiped. Egg wiped. E-G-Y-P-T. Egg white. Ah, you don't. That's Egypt. Huh? That's, That's Egypt? E Egypt. You read the straight lines, kid. I'll get the last. Ah, yeah, quiet. <laughs> ah, Anthony, we are approaching Cleopatra's camp. Oh, Tuco is there. God, tell Cleopatra that Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony are here. Which one is Anthony? I am. Mr. Anthony, I have a problem. <laughs> I 
I've been going with a girl for eight years, and just last minute, just week... Just a minute, just a... You, you got the wrong program. <laughs> this is a play about Sahara. That's my girl's name, Sahara. Get out of here! Come on, Anthony. Oh, look, there's Cleopatra's scow lying at anchor. Let's get aboard. Okay. Oh, get off me, you fools. <laughs> Come on, Costello. Let's get on with the play. You come here. You come here as Mark Anthony, the great lover. Take Elsa Maxwell in your arms and read your line. Okay. Ah, Cleopatra, at last we are together, my proud beauty. Anthony, I am not proud. You're no beauty either. Uh, uh, never mind. Stella, take her in your arms. Yes, Anthony. Put your arms around my waist. I'll have to make three trips. There. <laughs> now, with your arms around me, Anthony, what are you thinking? I'm thinking how wonderful it would be to have this much butter. <laughs> You should talk. Why don't you take that flower out of your lapel and wear it in your vest? Why should I wear my flower in my vest? Be nearer the pot. <laughs> come, 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 you two. You're supposed to be in love. Yes, Anthony. Remember that old adage, all the world loves a lover. Oh, yeah? Then why don't they have cops in Central Park? But Mark, my sweet, this night was made for love. There are lovers everywhere. Listen to that couple on yonder bench. I'm getting a divorce. You're not going to treat me like your first six husbands. I only had five husbands. You had six. Five? Six. There you go, counting that midget again. <laughs> come. Come, Mark Anthony. Sit beside me on the throne, and I will stretch one of my slave girls to entertain you. Enter, slave. Didst thou summon me, O queen? <laughs> yes, Salome. Kindly attend to the wishes of our guests. Oh, Mark Anthony. I am here to serve you. Oh, what can I do for you? Come here and kiss your poor old father. <laughs> Please, Mark Anthony. The queen will be jealous. Oh, kind sir, is there uh, anything I can bring you? You already brought it, babe. Come on here and kiss your poor old father. Costello, will you leave that girl alone? Yes, Mark Anthony. This is an insult. You are making love to this slave while I am here. Who wants a local when you can catch an express? <laughs> Get out of here. Away. I, Cleopatra, will dance for Mark Antony. I will do my famous fan dance. You do a fan dance? Yes. What do you use? Windmills? <laughs> Let Miss Maxwell do her fan dance, will you please? I'd rather see her do a hula dance. Oh, you think I could do a hula? hula? Oh, you can do a hula, certainly. All you do is walk out on the floor fast, stop quick, and let nature take its course. Costello, <laughs> will you stick to the play? Now, now comes the big love scene. As the barge floats down the river Nile under the Egyptian moonlight, Miss Maxwell is sitting on your lap. Oh, goody, goody. Well, Costello, here I am on your lap. Costello, speak to me. Where are you? I'm this grease spot on the chair. Uh, now, as the slave girls sprinkle roses around your feet, you take Miss Maxwell in your arms, mind you, in your arms, and you kiss her. I can't do that, Abbott. Miss Maxwell and I, we can be nothing but friends. Oh, please. Please, Costello, don't say that. Call me anything but just a friend. I'm afraid I can't. You're just a friend. Here, I'll put my arms around you. Now am I just a friend? Yes, you're just a friend. I'll put my cheek against yours. Now, what do you want to call me? <laughs> you're just a friend. <laughs> then I will kiss you. Now, am I just 
a friend. I won't tell you till you let me up. <laughs> well, after that kiss, I can't call you a friend. Not after a kiss like that. Then, what will you call me? Grandma. <laughs> Grandma! Grandma! Abbott and Costello will be back for Camel Cigarettes in just a moment. And now, tonight's salute to the men in the armed forces who won through to victory. Tonight, we hail the 99th Division, heroes of the Remagen Bridgehead. Since the beginning of the war, the makers of camels have sent more than 150 million free camels to our fighting men overseas. But now, with the mobilization in progress, free camels are sent to servicemen's hospitals instead. This week, the camels go to Veterans Hospital, Marion, Illinois. U.S. Army Cushing General Hospital, Framingham, Massachusetts, National Naval Medical Center, Bethesda, Maryland, U.S. Marine Hospital, Savannah, Georgia, and Veterans Hospital, Northport, Long Island, New York, in your honor, men of the 99th Division. Camel broadcasts go out to the United States twice a week. A rebroadcast to practically every area in the world where our men are stationed and to our good neighbors in Central and South America. And now, here are Bud Abbott and Lou Costello with the final word. Well, Costello, this is our last night in good old New York City. Yes, Abbott, but this is not our last broadcast. In fact, we're going to do four more broadcasts from Hollywood. No, no, not that! Get these guys off the air! How much you guys Uh, why don't you go out and take a long walk on a short pier, old boy? Oh, get this corny guy with that broken-down joke. What's the matter with that joke? That was one of my father's jokes. What are you, what are your mother's... Good night, folks. Good night, Patty and Carol. Good night, everybody. Sure to tune in next week for another great Abbott and Costello show brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. And remember, try camels in your tea zone. See if they don't suit your taste, your throat to a T. If you smoke a pipe, it'll really be a red letter day when you switch to that big red tin, Prince Albert. Yes, more pipes smoke Prince Albert than any other tobacco in the world. It's crimp-cut, burn-cool, and it gets a special no-bite treatment that takes out all the parts and sting but leaves in all the rich, mellow, wonderful flavor. So switch to Prince Albert today. Saturday night, be sure to listen to Prince Albert's Grand Ole Opry. You'll hear Red Foley, Grand Ole Opry's sensational new romantic singer. Remember, Grand Ole Opry is Saturday night on NBC with Red Foley. Perhaps you've seen pitiful pictures of starving people in your newspaper recently. These scenes are being repeated over and over throughout Europe and Asia. Many of these people, especially the children, will die without our help. You can help by avoiding all food waste, by preserving food through home gardening and canning, and by giving canned food and money to your local emergency food collection. Share a meal, save a life. Be sure to listen at this very same time next week for the Abbott and Costello Show for Camel Cigarettes, which will come to you from Hollywood. Thursday night is All-Star Night on NBC. Stay around now for Rudy Valley over most of these stations. <laughs>
This is Bert Parks in New York wishing you all a pleasant good night for Camels. <laughs> NBC, the national broadcasting company. And that's the Abbott and Costello Show starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello from May 30th, 1946. Also in the cast, Elsa Maxwell, Elvia Allman, and Sidney Field with Burt Parks announcing as heard over NBC. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio shows for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another comedy episode of the Abbott and Costello Show after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, Bud and Lou decide to open a matrimonial bureau. Here's the Abbott and Costello Show from April 21st, 1948. Hey, Abbott, what time is it? It's time for the Abbott and Costello Show. We're on the air for ABC here in Hollywood. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go with the Abbott and Costello Show. Costello Show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood tonight for your listening pleasure with Susan Miller and the music of Matty Malley. Hold on to your chairs, folks, for here they are, Bud Abbott and Luke Costello. Costello, Costello, what's the matter with you tonight? Jane Russell just kissed me. Jane Russell just kissed you? Well, this smoke ain't coming out of my ears for nothing. Well, never mind that, Costello. What time was it when you came in last night? It was a quarter of 12. Yeah, it so happens, Costello, that I looked at the clock and it was three. Well, so what about it? So well, got... three is a quarter of 12. <laughs> well, anyhow, did you have a good time at the party? Good time? Why, yeah, but they treated me like a king. One of those high-class society affairs, you know, where they give you all to eat. And all teeth are the little crackers and sardines. That's what they give you. Little no, crackers no, and sardines. No, Costello, they were hors d'oeuvres. Well, I should have. They were what? They were hors d'oeuvres, hors d'oeuvres. How do you like that? And they tasted just like sardines to me. <laughs> Costello, you're getting more stupid every day. I've tried and I've tried to improve your mind, but I just can't seem to get anywhere. Why don't you face it, Abbott, and admit that you're a failure? Ah, uh... <laughs> oh, skip it. Skip it? Yes. Now, <laughs> ah, wait a minute. Who'd you go to the party with, Susan Miller? Oh, no, Susan and I had a fight. Uh, well, you should be ashamed of yourself, fighting with a lovely girl like Susan Miller. 
Why, what, what started the fight? Well, Susan caught me cheating at cards. Did she catch you with an ace up your sleeve? No, with a queen on my lap. Before the boys get rolling into high gear, here's a fellow with a special message for you. Costello, look, come here. Where have you been? Uh, why are you all dressed up tonight? Abbott, I just came from my cousin Vincent's wedding. Oh, so your cousin Vincent finally got married. Who did he marry? He married a woman. Oh, you dummy. Of... <laughs> of course he married a woman. Who ever heard of anybody marrying a man? My mother did. My... Oh! <laughs> Talk sense, please. What kind of a wedding did he have? It must have been a military wedding. A military wedding? How do you know? Her father was carrying a shotgun. I... <laughs> ah, marriage is so romantic. Uh, who gave the bride away, Costello? Nobody. Nobody? I could have, but I kept my mouth shut. Come <laughs> out, Costello. Who, who let her down the aisle? Nobody let her. She knew the way, blindfolded. <laughs> Look, Costello, somebody had to lead her down the aisle to meet her spouse. To meet her what? Her spouse. Vincent is a spouse. Just a minute, Abby. You can't call Vincent a spouse. She never touches her stuff. Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. Then we'll say that Vincent was a groom. That's better. He was a groom before he was married. Well, how could he be a groom before he got married? He worked in a livery stable. I... That's a horse on you. Oh, skip it. How, how'd the bride look, Costello? Was she wearing a corsage? Oh, Abbott, how can you ask me such a thing? I'm only a young boy. I'm only asking you if the bride wore a corsage. No, with her shape, she don't need one. <laughs> look, Costello, you saw the bride, didn't you? Of course I saw the bride. What kind of clothes did she wear? Oh, she had a beautiful torso. Torso? Every bride has got to have a torso before she gets married. <laughs> no, no, Costello, you mean trousseau. Did you see her trousseau? No, he wasn't there. <laughs> Who wasn't there? Trousseau! Robinson Trousseau! Ah, listen. Well, listen, Costello, when the bride came into the church, did you notice her train? What train? She drove up in a secondhand jalopy. <laughs> I'm talking about the train on her dress. With every bridal dress, you get a train. What store is giving those away? I bought a suit once and got a baseball bat and a catcher's mitt, but I never got a train. Costello, will you please listen? When the bride walked into the church, was, the, was she dragging anything behind her? My cousin Vincent. <laughs> I'm talking about her dress. Did you see that long white piece of goods hanging from her dress? Oh, yes, sir. I saw that. That was her train. Oh, I tripped over that thing and tore it off. You, you tore off a train? How did the bride look without a train? She looked like a late freight with a loose caboose. <laughs> Uh, 
Costello, you're not fit to talk to an idiot. I'll write you a note. I... <laughs> well, your cousin Vincent is very lucky. A man doesn't know what real happiness is until he until he gets married, Lou. Yes, and then it's too late. Yes. <laughs> you dummy. I'm very sentimental about marriage. How well I remember my marriage. I can remember. I can remember when I turned to my wife and said those words. I do. You should remember those words. That was the last time you got a chance to open your mouth. <laughs> That's ridiculous, Costello. My wife and I are very happy. Why, Betty and I are inseparable. Yes, you are. The last fight you had, it took four people to separate you. <laughs> Abbott, does it cost much to get married? Oh, no, they have different prices. Now, the uh, preacher who married my wife and I uh, charged according to the beauty of the bride. If the bride is very beautiful, he charged $10. If she was pretty, it was $5. If she was just uh, ordinary, he charged two dollars. How much did he give you? I... <laughs> Costello, you've got the wrong slant on marriage. All brides are beautiful. If all brides are beautiful, where do all those ugly wives come from? <laughs> Call for little Johnny. Call for little Johnny. Who are you? Philip Morris. I never can find that kid. Robert's <laughs> nephew, folks. Look, Abbott, you're making enough money. Why don't you give the kid some dough and let him stay home? Costello, Norman is, is very proud. He wouldn't take charity. He'd rather steal it. Uh, <laughs> certainly. Uh, no, no. Look, wait a minute, Lou. Are you trying to insinuate that he's a thief? Norman is a very brilliant boy. Last week, he saw a sign in a post office that said, Murderer wanted. He went in and applied for the job. <laughs> hello, boys. Well, hello, Susan. Look, Costello, it's Susan Miller. Susan Miller. Oh, Susan, why didn't you show up for our date last night? Oh, I couldn't, Costello. We've had sickness in our house. The fireplace caught virus X. Now, how could your fireplace catch virus X? Why not? It's already got the flu. Get it? Fireplace. <laughs> Same writers we got. <laughs> Susan, you're getting so... You get to sound more like Milton Berle's mother every day. Why don't you invite Costello to your party next Sunday afternoon? Oh, that's a good idea. Costello, you can be Cupid. Wear three-cornered pants and carry a bow and arrow. Oh, Susan, I couldn't do that. Why not? Oh, how would it look for a guy my age to be carrying a bow and arrow? No, I'm, going... <laughs> I'm going to the party, Costello. I'm going as Simple Al. Oh, don't you mean Simple Simon? Abbott's so simple he can't spell Simon. <laughs> Oh, you shouldn't talk that way about Abbott. He's very romantic. And he's quite a hand with the ladies at a party. Oh, no, he ain't. He's too slow. We went to a party last Saturday, and before Abbott got around asking the girl for a kiss, I already had my face slapped three times. <laughs> well, you see, Costello, now, if you were married, things like that wouldn't happen to you. Susan's right, Costello. Marriage keeps a man out of trouble. Yeah, it keeps him out of trouble. He wouldn't have gotten in if he hadn't got married. <laughs> Oh, now, what don't you like about marriage? The part where they throw away the rice. That part I don't like where they throw the rice. At my cousin's wedding today, they threw rice at Vincent, and it's too messy. Rice isn't messy. It is when they mix it with chop suey. <laughs> well, I gotta go now. I'll see you at the party. Susan, I'll be over real early, and I'll help you stuff the turkey. Oh, no, you don't. You stuffed the turkey the last party. You stuffed it with taffy. Stuffed the turkey with taffy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what happened? Well, while all the other people were trying to get their teeth unstuck, Costello ate all the white meat. <laughs> so long, fatso. You know, Abbott, there goes a nice girl, really. Yes, sir. I'll have to agree on that. 
A very nice girl. You know, Susan said that she'd marry me if it wasn't for my sentimentality. Sentimentality? Yeah, she knows I haven't got a cent, and she's not so sure about my mentality. <laughs> Susan would marry you all right, Costello, if you were in uh, business and making money, you know. Oh, Abbott, what kind of business could I go in? Well, it's sleep year and it's spring. You know, I think we could make a fortune if we open a matrimonial bureau. There's a lot of money ar ar arranging weddings for people. Who... Not me, Abbott. I'm not going to be responsible for sticking guys with mother-in-laws. <laughs> wrong with mother-in-laws? You don't even know what a mother-in-law is. A mother-in-law is the FBI in bloomers. <laughs> well, it's easy to see you know nothing about matrimonial bureau. Well, I do, too. Last summer, I worked in a matrimonial bureau. I was in the travel department. I arranged places for happy couples to go on their honeymoon. You did? And I only made one mistake. A couple wanted to go to Niagara Falls, and I sent them to Atlantic City. Were they angry? They will be if they ever find out. <laughs> well, Betty, darling. It's my wife, Costello. Uh, Betty, Costello and I are thinking of opening a matrimonial bureau. Oh, I think that's wonderful. Oh, marriage is such a wonderful thing. I owe everything I am to my husband, Buddy. Why don't you give him the two cents a square to your account? <laughs> oh, oh. Buddy, why don't you defend me? Sometimes I think the only reason you married me was because my Uncle Harry left me a million dollars. That's a lie, Mrs. Abbott. Thanks, Costello. He would have married you regardless of who left you the money. <laughs> Pay no attention to him, Betty. You know, you are even more lovely than the day I married you. Look at you standing there. Your slim figure, your short-cut hair, and those trim slacks. She doesn't look like the mother of two children, does she, Costello? No. Thanks. You look like the father. I... <laughs> Costello, I'll have you know that my wife still wears a size 16. Isn't that a pretty big shoe for a woman? Oh. <laughs> Why, you bloated blubberhead. You're built like a tub. You ought to wear a girdle. I tried that once. I wore a girdle and it made my stomach disappear. Really? Yes, it sneaked around to the back and popped up under an assumed name. <laughs> Why don't you cut that out, Costello? Why don't you act nice? Why don't you invite Betty and I over to your house tonight for dinner? I'm sorry, Abbott. I'm having my brother for dinner. Oh, you're lucky. We can't get any pork. <laughs> oh, Betty, 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 Betty. Oh, uh, Betty, you certainly sneaked that one in on him. Oh, you're always sneaking them in on him. No, you're always sneaking them on him. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard from a pair of old sneakers. <laughs> Costello, look, if we were in business, you wouldn't have time to go around and selling people. We ought to open that matrimonial bureau. You put up the money, and I'll open up the office. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, all right, I figured that. I'll open the office and you put up the money. Well, that's better. All right. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. That's the same thing. Well, uh, I've got the place, uh, the office all picked out. All I want you to do is to go around and grab some customers that want to get married. Okay, I'll grab Jane Russell. Well, you can grab Jane Russell. Jane Russell is already married. You grab what you like and I'll grab what I like. <laughs> deserve a breather after that one, so let's take a minute right about now to listen to this.
Abbott and Costello found a four-leaf clover when they found Susan Miller. Here she is, you lucky people, singing with Matty Malnick's orchestra. I'm looking over a four-leaf clover that I overlooked before. One leaf is sunshine, the second is rain. Third is the roses that grow in the lane. No need explaining, the one remaining is somebody I adore. I'm looking over a four-leaf clover that I overlooked A four-leaf clover that I overlooked before. One leaf is sunshine, the second is rain. Third is the roses that grow in the lane. No need explaining, the one remaining is somebody I adore. That I overlooked before That I overlooked before Well, Costello, how's it feel to be in business? Here we are in our own office The Abbott and Costello Matrimonial Bureau Now remember, we want to try and get my, uh, my oldest sister married as soon as possible Now, there, there's her picture That's her picture? Yeah, but she's got red curly hair. What's wrong with that? Lots of girls have red curly hair. Growing out of their ears? <laughs> Answer that, Costello. That may be a customer. Abbott and Costello, matrimonial agency. Be brief. I just dropped my penny in the payphone. A penny? You're supposed to drop in a nickel in the phone. Well, I'm calling from a thrifty drugstore. <laughs> what can I do for you? Well, I've got to have a wife. I've simply got to have a wife. I've got two million dollars. If you get me a wife... I'll give her a million dollars, and I'll give you a million for your fee. A million dollars for me? Come over right away to the office, right away. Well, I can't. They won't let me out. I'm all right, I tell you. I'm all right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, to Mr. Harry Brown goes the Oscar for the show tonight. Hey, Abbott, what paper did you put our ad in? The Hardware Journal. I thought so. One of the nuts just called up. <laughs> Abbott and Costello Matrimony Agency. What kind of girls have we got? We got girls in frills and girls in laces. Arsenic and old faces. Girls who sing and girls who dance yet. Girls who never had a chance yet. Big girls, small girls, everyone spectacular. Short girls, tall girls, and Abbott's sister who looks like Dracula. <laughs> I think I'd run Harry Brown a close second. How do you do, gentlemen? I'm from the Marriage License Bureau. I understand you two are running a matrimonial bureau. Mr. Costello, do you understand the laws governing marriage? I do. And Mr. Abbott, do you understand the laws governing marriage? I do. I now pronounce you man and wife. That'll be five dollars, please. Uh, this is a fine business you got me in, Abbott. I can't understand why we ain't got no customers coming in. I put an ad in the Folly Times this morning. 
How do the ad read? It says, man with bottle of gin would like to meet lady with bottle of olives. Object, martinis. <laughs> Not martinis, matrimony. Ho, 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 Abbott. Maybe we could find a husband for my cousin, Mary Bozzo. She had a very tragic life. Her first husband was hanged. Her second husband was hanged. Her third husband was hanged. And her fourth husband was hanged. And she wants to get married again? Yes, she's just getting the hang of it. Abbott, maybe we could find a wife for me. Well, what kind of a girl would you want? She must have gorgeous blonde hair, a lovely figure, and a beautiful face and a million dollars. And a girl with all that would have to be nuts to marry you. And she can be nuts, too. Hiya, fellas. How's the new matrimonial agency? Well, it's our band leader, Maddie Malnick. Well, I, I just dropped over to bring you some business. I have a little niece at home who's dying to marry Costello. Why does every girl want to marry me? Sometimes I wish I wasn't so young and beautiful and coy and charming. So debonair and so petite. Now, wait a minute, Costello. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <sighs> just hold on, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Don't go flying in there. Maddie's idea sounds like a good proposition. Uh, by the way, has your niece got any money, Maddie? Oh, sure. She inherited a very fat dowry from her mother. Uh, we don't care about her figure. Has she got any money? <laughs> How dare you ask such a question, Costello? She is a Malnick. I'll have you know that we Malnicks are a proud lot. You Malnicks are a vacant lot. <laughs> now, now, Costello, take it easy. Uh, are you really serious, Maddie, about your niece wanting to marry Costello? Yes, I am. Last night, my little niece was sitting on the floor playing with her toys. And she looked up at me and said, That Lou Costello is the sweetest boy, and I'd like to marry him. Oh, now, isn't that cute? How old is she? Fifty-seven. <laughs> Look, Maddie, Costello doesn't want to get married, but we'll be glad to find a husband for your niece. That's wonderful, bud. She's right out in your waiting room. Shall I bring her in? You better wheel her in. <laughs> Point Sienna, will you step in here? <laughs> here she comes on the run. She doesn't run very good. Maybe she needs a grease job. Buy <laughs> it, Costello. Uh, how do you uh, how do you do, Miss? Uh, 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 the full name is Point Sienna Pigeon Hyphen Pigeon. What's what's the hyphen for? That's for the pigeon to sit on. <laughs> uh, Miss Pigeon, I'm sure that we can find you an ideal husband. Now. If you'll just leave a hundred dollars deposit and, um, of course, one of your pictures. Oh, I'm afraid I haven't any pictures of myself. I did have some taken, but the photographer, uh, didn't develop the negative. He was probably afraid to go in a dark room with them alone. <laughs> uh, Miss Pigeon, have you ever been married before? Yes. My first husband snored, so I got a divorce. Now he pays me $500 a week alimony. Just because he snores? Yes. That guy's really paying through the nose. Are you going steady with uh, anyone right now? Yes, I am. But he's a businessman, and he's always away on trips. Now, Mr. Costello, what would you do if you were in my place? Oh, I don't know. Let's go over to your place and find out. Why, uh, <laughs> <quiet>, Costello. <laughs> Miss Pigeon, are you planning on marrying this man? I don't think so. I've got a hunch that he's growing tired of me. What makes you think that? He hasn't been to see me in over ten years. <laughs> your troubles are over, Miss Pigeon. We'll find you a husband. Oh. Just, uh, just give us your check for $1,000 for our fee and sign this contract. Uh, what contract? Now, I can't see so good. Broke my glasses before I left the house this morning. Well, how could you see to find your way to this office? She must have come in on the rims. <laughs> 
Quiet, Costello, quiet. This woman is a customer. Let me handle her. And now, Miss Pigeon, uh, if you'll come to my house uh, at 8 o'clock this evening, we'll say, I'll show you a happy family. Myself, my wife, and our little boy. Oh, this is so thrilling. I'll be there at 8 o'clock. Abbott, why did you tell that woman you had a little boy? You haven't got a little boy. Well, Costello, we've got to put this deal over. I'll have a little boy by 8 o'clock tonight. Don't worry. Abbott, now I'm convinced that does does everything. Even with short pants and bobby socks, Costello doesn't look like a five-year-old boy. I don't? No, you look like a three-year-old moron. <laughs> now, remember, Costello, I'm going to call you Junior, and you're supposed to be a schoolboy. I am a schoolboy, Abbott. For 20 years, I've been going to school studying reading, writing, and arithmetic, and my mother is proud to say that I am the only schoolboy that can't read, can't write, and can't count. Why is she proud? No other mother can make that statement. Now, there's Miss Pidger now. Remember, remember, Costello, you're our son, Junior. Now, you answer the door, and, and Mrs. Abbott and I will go into the kitchen. Good evening, little boy. I'm Miss Pigeon. Hello, Miss Pigeon. I'm Junior. Pull up a clothesline and sit down. <laughs> Spread your feathers. Oh, my. What a quaint little fellow. Just love little boys like you. I wish I had 14 little boys, and I wish they were all just like you. You want 14 little boys just like me? Yes. Let me smell your breath. <laughs> oh, my, how cute. Now, tell me, little man, where are your father and mother? They're out in the kitchen passing the time. Passing the time? They're throwing the clock at each other. <laughs> You mean they fight? Ah, uh, you should have heard them yesterday. My mother was trying to stuff something in the incinerator, and she had an awful struggle, but she couldn't do it. But why didn't your father help her? He's what she was trying to stuff in the incinerator. Well, Quite a kid, hey? And Mr. Abbott told me that they were such a happily married couple. Oh, but tell me, little man, is that Mrs. Abbott, uh, I, I mean, your mother's picture over there on the mantel? Uh-huh, that's her. My, that's a lovely upsweep hairdo. My father gave her that. Now, how could your father give her an upsweep hairdo? He hit him over the head with a broom. <laughs> Very interesting. Tell me, is Mr. Rabbit, I mean your father, good to your mother? Oh, sure. He's always buying her presents. Oh. Only this morning, he bought my mama a beautiful present, a nice new carving knife. Oh, does your mother know he bought her the carving knife? Oh, no. She don't even know he's going to cut her throat. <laughs> oh, thank you, young man. You've saved me a thousand dollars. Goodbye. Well, come on. Well, what happened? What happened? Wait, wait, where's Miss Pigeon Pigeon? The Pigeon Pigeon just flew the coop coop. <laughs> Costello, didn't you tell her that we were a very happy family? I couldn't, Abbott. I told her the truth. Costello, why do you do these things? Every time I have a chance to swindle somebody out of money, you always gum up the works. Why? Why do you continually do these things to me? Oh, I'm a bad boy! <laughs> Thank you.
Stick around, the boys aren't quite through with you yet. They'll be back after a final thought on this subject. Costello with a final word. Well, Costello, we've done a lot of joking about marriage. And I want you to tell the audience that you know that marriage is a serious thing. Are you kidding? Anybody that's married knows that. Uh, <laughs> Costello, I don't believe you even know what a, it takes to make a marriage. Oh, sure I do. It takes two people to make a marriage. That's right. A single girl and an anxious mother. Oh, good night. Good night. Good night. Wednesday night at this time for another great Abbott and Costello show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Charles Vanda and featuring Susan Miller and Matty Malnick's orchestra. This is Michael Roy saying goodbye until this same time next Wednesday. Be sure to stay tuned for the outstanding entertainment which follows throughout the evening on this ABC station. The Abbott and Costello Show starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello from April 21st, 1948. Also in the cast, Viola Vaughn, Verna Felton, Martha Wentworth, Sidney Field, and Harry Brown with Michael Roy announcing as heard over ABC. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 79 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 79 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two exciting episodes of The Adventures of Sam Spade, detective starring Howard Duff, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>